which kind of man? I'm allergic to eggs, wheat, and nuts. Will I find the right ingredients? Will I have any luck? Welcome to Kidding Around with Dr. Candace. That's me, your host. This show is all about kids' health. My expert guest and I want to help you make sure your kids are happy and healthy. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kidding Around. I'm Dr. Candace, and thank you so much for listening. Today, we are talking about food allergy. And this episode's a little bit different. It's a part one because we are going to focus on a patient and his mom and the experience they have had with dealing with food allergies. And then we'll have a part two with the allergy expert to answer some of those more technical questions. But my guest today is Dr. Pamil Shaw Rawlings. She's an expert in her own right because she is a pharmacist. And so she has medical knowledge of allergies and how to treat them and how to deal with them. But she is the mom of a son who has multiple food allergies and she does herself. She and her son, because of their experience, wanted to educate others and help others. So they wrote a book together called Mom, Can I Eat That? The story of a boy living with food allergies and the challenges he faces. So thank you so much, Dr. Rawlings, for coming to Kid Around with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So tell us about what your son is allergic to and when did you discover that he had food allergies? Well, my son is allergic to egg, wheat, and nuts. And we found out on his first birthday because 
when we went to purchase the cake, that was the first type of real food outside of baby food that he had had. And the cake said egg, wheat, and tree nuts. So when we sang happy birthday to him, everybody's on FaceTime, everybody's standing around and we're singing and we did the traditional put your hand in the cake. As he started to put his hand in the cake, his face started to break out. Party's over and we went straight to urgent care so we can find out what was wrong. And after they tested it, they found out it was egg, wheat, and nuts. The very things that was on the ingredients list. And that's so interesting that you read that list. And that comes from your medical knowledge to do that, right? Especially having a child who hadn't eaten a lot before. You knew to look out for that. Absolutely. And he just happened to be allergic to those things. First time being exposed to it. Yes. Scary event. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so from there, you went to see the pediatrician or allergist or how did that all work out? So what happened is the urgent care, they figured after we gave them information about it, that's when we went to the pediatrician and they sent off for the lab work. So we took a blood test because he was still one. And that's when they found the egg, wheat and tree nuts. And so after that, when we found out about his allergies because of immunizations like flu shot, which has egg in it, we started to go to allergists there because the pediatrician would not give him a flu shot. And so we would follow up because they would give it to him in doses at the allergist. And so we did that for a few years, but mostly we would always follow back up with the pediatrician. And that's so interesting how things change because now we know that we don't have to worry so much about the egg allergy with the flu shot. Uh, that recommendation has changed and the way they make it has changed. Yes. So that's a blessing, right, yes, for absolutely. those kids. So that we are thinking about those kids who deal with those types of food allergies and having that issue with the flu shot. All right. So then you decide to write the book. And what really prompted that for you guys? And how has that been received? Well, I think what prompted us is, you know, it's it's been a challenge because he was just one years old. And like I said, he never really had a lot of regular food. He had baby type food. And so the older he would get, you know, birthday parties in class. So now we have to figure out what type of cake we can get him or things or food projects in class or whatever is happening. And so now he's gotten to an age where he wants to eat more. So I've tried my best to do whatever I could to make him feel normal. And so I said, you know what, let's write a book about your story. And he said, mom, I would really love to do that. And so that's pretty much how it was birthed. And it's really made him feel more comfortable because it's really changed his life and how people really ask him about his allergies now and really, really make sure that they have everything they need for him. That's right. And that's so good when people know you're struggling with something and step in and help out and take on the cause. And I think most parents do that and teachers in classroom, we just have to make them aware and know ourselves what the precautions are. Absolutely. So with that being said, what are, you mentioned some, but what are some of the precautions, like the mental gymnastics, the physical gymnastics (laughs) you've had to go through to make sure that he doesn't have accidental ingestions of these allergens and how challenging has that been for your family? Well, typically the The main thing is we check every label and we don't take it for granted because again, not just in foods, it can be, and you know, we found out early on that plate, the putty that he would use had wheat in it too. And we just didn't know if he would react or wouldn't react. So we look at labels on everything. We take nothing for granted. Like you said, we communicate with the teachers. We communicate with people at church. We communicate with anybody who's going to deal with him. And so It's a challenge because, like I said, as he gets older, you know, you go to the birthday parties, they have pizza, they have all these different types of things. And if we don't know what they're having beforehand, 
then he's going to be upset because he doesn't have it. So because everybody is informed, they call me, they may buy something different. They may tell me we're going to have this product. And so just navigating that and finding not only an alternative, but an alternative that tastes good. <laughs> is another thing that we have to experience. So it's been interesting to say the right, least. Yes. Right. And in the book, which is great, you highlight all of those incidences that yes. most kids go through and we, they may take for granted when they don't have food allergies. And you highlight how you have gotten around it, right? right? We're resilient. And the tricky, savvy things that you've had to do to make sure that he gets what he needs or just feels like he's included into whatever celebration celebration or activity is there. So that's really how I feel like the book has hit home and helping parents who may deal with this. So with that being said, and you've alluded to it, how have you guys helped your son cope with being different in these scenarios so that he, you know, he feels like he's left out. And I know in the book, it it, it kind of alludes to him saying, you know, I don't like this. Uh, why am I different? Or why can't I do, you know, I don't want to have food allergies. So when your son says that to you, how do you help him cope with that? Well, I just try to listen to him. And if it's certain things he wants to try, like a few months ago, we tried uh, to make donuts and he was so excited because he's never had it. So just me being, you know, open to what he has to say and just talking to him about, you know, he was like, mom, I wanted to, you know, try this thing. And so, okay, let's find a recipe. And it happens all the time. We may be watching something on TV. We may be doing something. And so we just communicate on a regular basis. We try to alter things. He loves waffles now. He just had those a few months ago and he refused to eat a pancake. He will only eat a waffle <laughs> because we are able to get a recipe that he can eat. And we actually just recently, because of Valentine's Day at our church, they gave them treats on Wednesday and the youth worker asked me if he could eat it. And so now they put white chocolate on a treat he already eats. And he's like, hey, mom, we need to go to the store. And so we can do that now. Yes. So just communicating with him and just, you know, and with me having an allergy as well to egg, it helps him know that he's not alone. Yes. And so, yeah. And all that you do and all that other people do yeah. and finding ways for him to get the things, but just tweak it a little bit all Absolutely. makes him feel like he's not alone. And that's a powerful coping tool Yes, to feel like I'm not in this by myself. I've got support. I've got help. I have people who are trying to work this thing out for me. Absolutely. So he has the support he needs. Absolutely. And then another thing you highlight in the book is that as you've alluded to, it all works out. Yes, it does. You know, the, the whole pizza party thing. And then you found a place that can make a pizza that tastes good. That's right. And then he can invite <laughs> his friends to a party. And what kid doesn't want a pizza party? That's right. So all of that, those great scenarios and things that you've done are highlighted in the book and, and maybe wonderful tips for other parents to figure this thing out and not get so like down in the dumps about it and know there's a way to work around it, right? When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, lemonade <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> So you mentioned that your son has seen an allergist yeah. and, you know, some people may be wondering about, you know... A lot of kids outgrow their food allergies, yes. right? And has he shown any signs of that? Are you planning to kind of check that out? Or are you just too scared at this point? Well, we initially just tried to avoid everything we could. And to be perfectly honest, when we were going to the allergist, they wanted to try it out to see if he had outgrown it. And then we bought something that he usually eats and then he had a reaction. So we were like, okay, well, I guess that's not going to work. And so every time we get to that point, 
it's something will happen and okay, well, I guess he still has something that's going on. So we do plan on going back to the allergist. We just haven't made it back. It's a good thing to do because when he was a child, they didn't do a skin prick. They only did blood tests. But you know, as you get older, they probably have different ways and they may be able, you know, with all the new things coming out that's right. for the allergies, they may have different things that might help him. So I know it's time, but yeah. we're, we're on our way. Let's all right. <laughs> I love it. Love it. That is definitely something to consider. Yes, absolutely. As you said. Awesome. As a pharmacist, talk to us about some of the medications that, you know, you may even counsel people that come into the pharmacy and that you use and you have in your arsenal to, uh, help your son can also be life-saving if he does have a reaction. And then I have a follow-up question about medications. Well, of course, if, you know, for what they call an anaphylactic reaction, which is a severe reaction where you have the shortness of breath, you have the closing of the throat, different things like that, you would always need an EpiPen or IVQ because that is what you would use if there was, you know, if if they do have a reaction. And then of course you have to go and be seen immediately so they can continue it out. So of course, making sure you have the EpiPen or IVQ, um, making sure you have the Benadryl, because sometimes for some of the symptomatic things, they may use Benadryl. They, you may have a steroid cream for some of the symptomatic or things like rash and things like that to use for that. Typically we keep all those things in our bags or, you know, make sure we have a little kit that we have at the home so that we can always be ready. But the main thing is, you know, making sure it's not expired too, because again, he can go for a year or two years and not have it. And then next thing I know, he grabs some food he shouldn't have. And now it's expired. So making sure even though you have those things, you know, that the expiration dates are effective. They're not at a date that's past due. It always needs to be current and ready to use. Not expired. That's right. And so I love be ready. Basically, you're saying be ready. Yes. Be ready. So not only do people need to know about your son and what's going on, you need to have a kit at grandma's house with the babysitter at your house, at school, at camp, you know, all of those or a kit that can travel with the child and has the emergency plan um, for allergy, an action plan for allergy or food allergy that will say when to give the EpiPen, when to give Benadryl. And if the child does have eczema or asthma, when to give the inhaler, Yes. when to put the, you know, just use the cream and your pediatrician or your doctor or your allergist can write that plan out with you. And it's with all those medications and whomever is with your child, when these things happen, they can just follow the instructions and you're, and it's just a better outcome Absolutely. when we're prepared. Absolutely. So those are kind of the things that you have. And those are wonderful things that um, parents should always have and make sure they aren't expire and yearly just discuss it with your doctor and they can re-up those prescriptions because they generally expire every year, like you said. And one more thing you mentioned was if you ever have to use it, like you said... Don't just say, oh, we used it. He's fine. You have to go into the emergency room because that reaction can come back. The epinephrine only lasts about 15 minutes or so. And so that reaction could come back. So you need to go to emergency room so the child can be monitored and make sure none of that severe reaction returns and they're safe to go home. So they'll be monitored for a while. Now, my next question is, you being a pharmacist, there's been this shortage of EpiPen and the price got awful high where people can't afford it. And so you mentioned AviQ. That's an alternative. And then there's some other alternatives. And so just... 
talk about that a little bit and in how parents can uh, navigate getting that. Right. So before I know some years ago, EpiPen was one of the only things that you could get. But now, like she said, there's other alternatives that you have now. And IBQ, I happen to like because not only do they have they have a program where I think they give you two a year and your doctor just writes a prescription if you and then you're able to receive it. So you don't have to worry about the ridiculous pricing of some of that that you were experiencing with EpiPen. But the other part of it is, is that IBQ actually talks to you. So it tells you what to do. Cause that's one thing that we didn't mention. You know, we talk about the action plan. We talk about, you know, making sure you have all the right medicines, but make sure you know how to use it. That's right. And so if they have a trainer that comes with it and most of the products do have it, but this one actually talks you through it. They tell you where to, where to put it, how to use it and keep going with that. So I would say don't get discouraged because there's always options that's why you need to talk to your pharmacist because they know how to direct you, even get you to another pharmacy or show you those different programs that are out there so you can have something to use. That's amazing. So you went right into my next question. Yes. Pharmacists are so valuable as a member of the healthcare team. Yes. And the first thing you said, they can, you know, hip you to some information <laughs> that your doctor may not even know about. Yes. So all the discounts or alternatives, all of these things. So give us some more ways that pharmacists can help you and how parents should utilize you guys more. Yes. Well, typically when you go to the pharmacy, you've just left the doctor's office or the emergency room or the urgent care and so you just want to get your medicine and go. But one of the things that the pharmacist does, they check for drug interactions. They check to make sure that the directions are correct. They also make sure, and they are available for you to counsel with them. Even if you don't feel comfortable, if you have some of the products that may not talk to you, they can exactly show you how to use it. When you're speaking about expiration dates or you're speaking about, you know, some side effects that might be common with it so you don't get home and freak out because of what the medication may cause, that's what your pharmacist is there for. They're not just somebody to count it up or (laughs) just put the label on it. You know, they're really checking to make sure that what you are receiving is what you need to. And if there's any problem that you may have or that may come, you can always talk to your doctor or they'll call your doctor so they can coordinate to make sure you're getting what you need. That's right. I love it. And then one thing I also like is pharmacists can demonstrate. Yes. I tell patients all the time, you know, it's a patient that's first time getting like an inhaler and a space or a mask and stuff. And I'm like, you can bring it back here, but you can ask the pharmacist to put it together for you and show you how to use it. Same thing with EpiPen or AviQ. Yes. And then they also, I had a patient today to ask me about if I use this medication, you know, my daughter has seizure disorder and she's on a lot of seizure medicines. You're giving me this medication. Are there any interactions? And I said, you know what? That is a wonderful question. You know, she has a child with a chronic health condition. She has learned to ask that. And I said, you know what? We can look it up right now and I'll do that. But what I really want you to do is ask your pharmacist because they can do a drug drug interaction profile through their system. Am I correct? That is correct. And make sure that this is safe for your child to take with your other stuff. And honestly, to piggyback off of that, you might not be the only provider for them. And so it's best to go to your pharmacy because what about when you went to the urgent care and you didn't tell the doctor or the ER and you're taking this medicine at home? We have everything. So go to the same pharmacy or try to so that they have everything on file and always talk to the pharmacist because we may have other medications that your primary care provider may not have. That's right. That's a good one too. Now, are there, before you tell everybody how to get your book and the song, because I forgot about the song. Yes. (laughs) And 
Are there any like resources that you found were useful over time that helped you learn all that you have learned? Yes. I love the Food Allergy Research Education resource site because they not only have different videos and different things like that, they also have programs like Be a Pal where you can go and teach your class or your students or whoever it is that may deal with you how to relate with you and understand what you're actually going through. So they have many resources in that way. And I know there are others, but I typically use that one the most. Outside of that, just being aware of, like I said, labels and just knowing what's in products, because that's the main thing. If you know what to avoid, then you won't have the reaction in the first place. That's (laughs) right. That's right. And I loved your point about even though you're used to this product, it can change. Manufacturing can change. Companies can change. And so you still have to read the label. Absolutely. Don't take it for granted. Every time. Oh, (laughs) that was really good. How can everybody get the book and the song? (laughs) Yes. Well, for the book, which is Mom Can I Eat That?, as she stated before, the book is the life of a story of a little of a boy who's living with food allergies and the challenges he faces. It's on Amazon.com. You can either get it on with it as an ebook or paperback. And we have a song to go along with it, which is available on iTunes or Spotify. Amazing. It's so cute. I love the book. I love the song. So definitely support if you know a family or a child that's struggling with food allergies, share that as a resource. Share this podcast out. I love that website you suggested. I go to, I have that saved on my laptop because I pull the the emergency action plan from there and give parents that resource all the time. So this one was fairly short and sweet, but thank you so much, Dr. Rollins, for coming to share your your experience, you and Gibran's experience with food allergies and how you've navigated it. And you've given our audience some wonderful tips from your perspective, not the doctor's perspective, but from what you guys have been through your story. Thank you so much. I appreciate it too. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon. Yay! Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. To get more kid health information, visit drcandicemd.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode and the Kidding Around with Dr. Candace podcast.